As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts, an eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. Back at it again. Just finished watching uh, the Thursday night game. Actually, you know, sneaky entertaining game for, you know, a sneaky blowout. Uh, I- I'm going to touch on Brady. G- going to touch on Luck. Uh, mainly going to do a mailbag. I-, I have so many questions in my Instagram inbox, at John Middlecoff. You can slide up in my DMs. Ask me a question, and I will answer them through the DMs. That's the way we're doing it now. So if you have a question for me, again, just go to my my Instagram, at John Middlecoff, same as my Twitter account, slide in, and send me a question. I, I have tons, and I'm going to try to bang out a bunch tonight. Uh, it's not, not a great NFL slate this weekend. A couple good games, and, and we'll touch on those too. But, but first, I got to introduce my friends at SeatGeek. Getting tickets online can be far too complicated with hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability. It's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into a place so you can easily find the seats that fit perfectly for your budget. I've used it before for multiple events. Most recently when the NCAA tournament uh, came by my house, it was last year actually in Sacramento, uh, was very easy, loaded right to my phone, boom, walked up, me and my brother, we were in. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code JOHN, that's J-O-H-N, today. That's promo code JOHN for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase SeatGeek. Life's an event and we have the tickets. But I got to start with something. And I was thinking about starting with Brady 
and starting with the Patriots, but but I'll get into them in a second. I don't think people fully appreciate it. And again, I, I always struggle with this because social media is a small percentage of people. Uh, you see it with politics, the extremes on both sides. I, I always say the, the average guy or girl is just worried about feeding their family, paying the mortgage, you know, making sure their kids go to a good school and are healthy. They're not caught up with all the vitriol that, you know, I, I spend way too much time on social media and it just, it, sometimes it's so jaded. You know, people aren't, then you go out to the real world, it's not really like that. So I, I also feel like that with certain takes with certain players. You know, forever people thought like LeBron was hated. No, most people thought LeBron was sweet. People thought LeBron was really good since he was in high school. You know, so Andrew Luck, who gets, I think, I don't want to say much maligned, but I do think there are a percentage of people that think he is somewhat overrated and think he's actually not that good. You know, I, I, I think those people are the dumbest people on social media. And and if you do believe that and you're listening, you're just, you're dumb. Uh, I'm not trying to be mean, but that's just a fact. Like, Andrew Luck is not only a star player. What he has had to overcome and what he is still overcoming is beyond just eye-opening. First off, he arguably had, when he came into the league, the worst general manager in NFL history. Uh, I, I don't even think that's hyperbole. I, I honestly think that's factual. Then he also had a coach who, uh, the best coach he ever had, uh, Chuck Pagano seems like a good guy, but is when Chuck Pagano got sick and Bruce Arians took over. Uh, so for Andrew Luck to overcome a clueless general manager, a head coach that was terrible, a defensive head coach that couldn't coach defense, his owner, let's call it what it is, is a dysfunctional mess. Uh, I mean, an absolute, he's an addict. He's been in trouble multiple times for drugs. Uh, the, the organization, Peyton Manning, basically band-aided the entire organization. And then they were gifted Andrew Luck, who again band-aided the entire organization. They did such a poor job of protecting him, his shoulder basically fell off. Then, he is to blame for this, fell snowboarding and hurt his shoulder again. But I'm watching the game tonight thinking, they took a left guard, number six overall, that, again, Quentin Nelson's fine, even though Clowney was tossing him around like a rag doll last week. You took a guard in the first round when you have Andrew Luck. And now, listen, I get you want to protect him. I think Will Hernandez is graded out as one of the better guards so far in the NFL. Uh, the Giants took him early in the second round. So you could have traded up maybe in the first round and got a guard. I mean, there's so many other players to get. I mean, I can find solid guards in the mid-rounds. This isn't that complicated. But I'm not going to nitpick – Chris Ballard on that. The receivers, that, and I know T.Y. Hilton was out, but, I mean, this Chester Rogers character can't catch a cold. Uh, Ryan Grant's probably their best receiver playing. They, they have guys I've never even heard of. Eric Ebron actually had a good game. I mean, flamed out of Detroit. Actually looks okay. But that is who Andrew Luck's playing with, and he still managed with a shoulder. To me, his arm's probably 80%, nowhere near what it once was. For him even to function at this high of a level is beyond me. And here's another thing. The guy who's coaching the team, Frank Reich, seems like a high-level guy, actually a good offensive coach. They had zero, and I repeat, zero intention of hiring the guy. If Josh McDaniels had not stood the franchise up at the altar, he wouldn't be the head coach. Now, I, you know, I think... Might have been John Calipari or some, I mean, multiple coaches have said this kind of being, you know, tongue in cheek 
sent, you know, when they were hired by a certain school or a certain program or a certain team that, you know, they weren't their wife's first choice either. So it, it happened. Pete Carroll wasn't USC's first choice, you know, back in the day. So it's not the end-all, be-all if you're the, not the team's, you know, first-head choice. But they didn't even interview the guy. They did not even interview him. So, again, Andrew Luck has started behind the eight ball from day one. He continues to fight an uphill battle as, again, his shoulder almost fell off because they couldn't protect him. So what he's able to do in this franchise that without him would be, I mean, hell, they they might be a five- or six-win team this year with him. Uh, Without him, I I don't think they would win a game. They are the least talented team in in all of the NFL. I mean, they dressed. They dressed 44 players a night. And some of those players were actually healthy inactives because they couldn't play. Or, excuse me, injured in a, injured actives. Like, they were dressed, but they could not play because they were hurt. Like, watching the two franchises, it's crazy to think that that was ever a rivalry. It really wasn't a rivalry. It was Peyton Manning. Now, granted, at the time, they had Tony Dungy and Bill Polian. I mean, two, two Hall of Famers. I, I never thought Tony Dungy was a Hall of Famer, but you get my point. Bill Polian's one of the better GMs ever. Tony Dungy's a really good head coach. Again, I'd put him hollow really good, but, you know, good head coach. And Peyton Manning, you know, top five quarterback ever. So th- th- there is no, I mean, since Peyton left the uh, left the Indianapolis Colts, the, the rivalry, remember when Chris Ballard hit the table last year and set us back on? No. <laughs> there ain't no rivalry. There's an ass kicking by the one side. Now let's get into the other side. People wanted to bury them uh, because they looked off, and they did. Their offense had issues, but people forgot. Now, he did get nailed for PEDs, and I saw Dan Shaughnessy tweet, like, it's so crazy that in football, when you come back from PED suspension, people are just like, he's back. Where in baseball, they get banned for 50 games. Yeah, Dan, because no one cares in football. I, I don't I, if I Julian Edelman didn't do PEDs, I think he was crazy. You know, he's a, he's a 5'9 overachiever that went to some small school that has become one of the better slot players in the league. I mean, what do I think he's taking? Jamba juices every day? I don't care. No one's, no one's bothered by it. This is football. We, anyone that's played any level of football and ever put on a pads in peewees, junior high, high school, college, or the pros understands the violence of the game. You know? All it takes is watching one NFL game to go, God, I wouldn't blame him. If he was sucking down PEDs like the Flintstones, we don't care. We do in baseball, you know. We we don't really in basketball either. It wouldn't bother me if guys are doing HGH left and right. And there are rumors that a lot of people do it in basketball. We we don't care. We care about baseball. I no one even judges Julian Edelman funny. If anything, you see how important he is to this offense. He changes the entire dynamic because he can get open constantly underneath. And guess where Brady likes to go with the football? Underneath, right over the middle. In these rules, in today's day and age, you can't cover that. You can't. Julian Edelman doesn't have to be worried about getting hit. There's no Ronnie Lotts covering the middle of the field. It's Brady's go-to spot. It's why the slot receiver has been the most, arguably the most important weapon on their team over the last 15 years, maybe a little less than that, since, you know, whenever they got Welker, so 10 years ago, because that's where Brady likes to go. And then it opened up. It opens up Gronk to do whatever he wants to do, either run down the seam. They run Gronk of you know a litany of different routes. And then you saw tonight. If somehow they can figure out how to use him, Josh Gordon will be a weapon for them because Brady hasn't had a guy like that in forever. But really, all he needs are his running backs, James White, Sony Michelle, catching the ball out of the backfield because most teams do not have linebackers to cover those guys. Uh, Julian Edelman running over the middle of the field, and then Gronk being Gronk, and they'll kick your ass. 
because more than likely they're going to be playing home games because that's usually where they play. They always end up with a one or two seed. And their defense is bend but don't prank. They figure it out. And Tom Brady is just going to beat you. Tonight was just such a major mismatch. It really wasn't fair. It's final score 38-24, to but, God, it feels – honestly, it doesn't did not feel that close. It really didn't. Uh, the Patriots are one of the true great dynasties, you know, of my lifetime. Uh, it'll never be seen again in the NFL, ever. Not in the salary cap league. I mean, first off, the, the likelihood of a quarterback playing like this till he's 41 or basically slim to none. Uh, a coach staying in one place for this many years, slim to none. It, it's just, it, it's you're not going to see it again. And I, I try to enjoy it when I watch it because – when it goes away, it sucks. I mean, I remember I grew up in Northern California watching the Niners forever with Eddie DeBartolo and Steve Young and George Seifert. Hell, I wasn't even old enough to really remember Bill Walsh. I mean, I was alive, but my, my I came into my own as a sports fan in like the early 90s. He was already gone. But they kicked ass for another 10 years. They had like a 20-year run. And then when it ended, it ended. So, yeah, I understand Robert Kraft's a high-level guy. Hell, Jonathan Kraft seems to be well-respected in the league. But whenever Brady and, and Bill – Say adios, you know, it's going to be a different day there, man. I don't care what type, you know, how high level the organization is, how, uh, you know, profitable and how highly valued the franchise is. Bill and Tom make this thing go. And without, definitely without Bill, it's, and it sure as hell looks like Josh McDaniels will be the next head coach whenever Bill decides to leave. And I'm not saying he's going to leave anytime soon. But you just just enjoy it while you see it. Even if you hate them, even if you hate the Patriots, you're a Jets fan, Ravens fan, whoever in the AFC, and you despise them, you have to respect them. They're that good. Like, their standard of excellence is basically unmatched. Any sport in the history of the salary cap era. I mean, it's, it's crazy. You know, it's just, it's, I don't think it'll ever be duplicated. Uh, moving forward unless they change the NFL to like a non-salary cap league, which they never would. It it really, you just have to tip your hat to them. So whether you love them, hate them, whatever, just just respect the ass kicking. Before we get into a couple games that I'm interested, let me tell you about my friends at LinkedIn. I know a lot of you guys run companies, own companies, are in charge of hiring at the company you work for. Uh, I'm sure you try job posting boards Uh, But can you really be sure that the right person sees your job? Instead, find the right person who will help grow your business with LinkedIn. It's the largest professional network. People go to LinkedIn every day to grow professionally and discover job opportunities. 70% of the U.S. workforce is already on LinkedIn. LinkedIn jobs matches people to your role based on more of who they really are, their skills, interests, and even how they open up for new opportunities. This way, your job gets seen by more of the right people. Most LinkedIn members haven't recently visited job boards, so you can only really reach them on LinkedIn. Again, hurry up to linkedin.com slash john. That's linkedin.com slash j-o-h-n and get $50 off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash john to get $50 off your first job post. LinkedIn.com slash john. Terms and conditions apply. Let's take a peek at some of the interesting games this weekend uh, on the NFL schedule. I'll just, I'll just fly through and hit some of them. Tennessee at Buffalo. 
Tennessee's one of the sneakier teams in the league. They're three and one. The Bills stink. Josh Allen is not very good. He's being asked to play when he, by all means, of any quarterback in recent memory that was drafted high that needed a redshirt year was him. He's already been thrown into the fire for a terrible team. I, I think Tennessee wins this game pretty easily. Miami at Cincinnati, pretty interesting game. Obviously, Miami started fast at 3-0, and got their ass kicked by the Patriots last week. Cincinnati is just good. That Their offense is really explosive. Uh, I, I like Cincinnati in that game. Baltimore at Cleveland, like, hey, Baker Mayfield, you had four turnovers last year against, or I mean last week against the Raiders defense. Get ready for the Baltimore defense, who get back Jimmy Smith. I think depending on the statistical measure you look at, I mean, is consistently top five. They, they are a top five defense. You know, they're not Jacksonville or, or Chicago, but Baltimore is damn good. Uh, I think Baker just, you know, he, last year or last week against the Raiders, he, beside the, uh, the turnovers, which the fumble was bad, the pick six wasn't totally his fault. I mean, it went off the guy's hands. I thought he played okay, uh, but again, it, it was the Raiders, who defensively are terrible. Uh, I think Baltimore just punks Baker Mayfield. He's in for a long day. Green Bay at Detroit. You know, I, I I don't know. Detroit doesn't do much for me. Green Bay should win that game. The most interesting game of the day. It's too bad it's at 10 a.m. West Coast time. Mahomes against the Jacksonville Jaguar defense. You got Jalen Ramsey, you know, already talking some shit about Tyreek Hill. I guess Tyreek Hill kind of started it. But Jalen Ramsey basically just said he's a return specialist. You know, Jalen, I, I got news for you. Tyreek Hill is actually an elite wide receiver. He's an elite player. Uh, I, I'm kind of rooting for Ty. I, I'm a little tired of Jalen. Uh, listen, I, I'm all for Jalen saying the Andy Dalton's, the Josh Allen's, and, and saying those type guys stink, even though Andy Dalton's playing pretty well this year. But you get my point. When you start saying, he said he said Gronkowski sucked, Tyreek Hill sucked. Like, I, I can't even take you seriously. I, I think you're starting just to talk to talk, and I hope Tyreek Hill gives them the business. Denver at New York, I don't know why you'd watch that game. Atlanta, just kidding. I actually like watching Sam Darnold, but that's a pretty terrible game. Atlanta at Pittsburgh, uh, talk about must win for these two teams. Atlanta's one and three. Their defense is basically all injured, but their offense has been exceptional. I mean, they score a ton of points. Pittsburgh has just been the biggest red flag team of the year. Uh, they tied, uh, uh, yeah, Cleveland to start the year. Le'Veon Bell is nowhere to be found. He claims he's coming back at the bye week. It's just just a weird year. Again, my theory is Mike Tomlin is coaching at USC next year. Uh, after he gets fired or quote-unquote leaves this year. Again, theory, I don't know if it's true, but uh, keep an eye on that. New York at Carolina. I think Carolina handles them. New York stinks. Eli stinks, and the Giants just stink. There's no way around it. The New York Giants passed on a quarterback at number two overall. Now, Saquon's a special player, and if they ultimately get Justin Herbert this season because they have the number one draft pick, it was probably worth it. But that was not their intention. They thought they were going to be good this year, and they are terrible. Oakland versus the Chargers. To me, the biggest headline of this game is that the Chargers are playing a home game, a home game in Los Angeles. First off, since the Chargers moved from San Diego to Los Angeles, the second biggest market in America, their franchise value has gone up like $120 million. It hasn't gone up at all. They had to pipe crowd noise into their practice. Again, the Chargers are the home team. This entire crowd is going to be, you know, silver and black, Raider jerseys everywhere. The Chargers are an embarrassment of a franchise. I feel bad for Phillip Rivers. I feel bad for all the talent they have on that team. But you got to pipe 
crowd noise when you have a home game, like it's probably time to start reevaluating some things, right? That, that, that should you think that do you think the Eagles or the Packers or the Patriots pipe crowd noise at home? Like that's insane. Like that, that, that honestly, that is crazy. Uh, I, I don't even think it can be overstated how nuts that is. Like the, the Chargers are just one big walking red flag. The Chargers are playing the Raiders that do not have a home next year, whose coach traded Khalil Mack, and the Raiders don't even feel like the weirdest, crazier team in this whole game. It's just D- Dean Spanos, man. What a joke. Big game here, Minnesota at Philly. I think Minnesota's already sneaky in must-win mode. They're 1-2-1. One, and one. Uh, They're just – they have played really well offensively, but their defense can't stop anyone. Everson Griffin went crazy, and he's not around anymore. Can they go into Philadelphia and get a win? Philly, you know, a little bit of a, uh, a Super Bowl hangover. It's hard to say Super Bowl hangover because their quarterback wasn't healthy the first couple games. Now, granted, they did not win the Super Bowl because of Carson Wentz. But this is this is a much bigger game for Minnesota. Like, if the Eagles start 2-3, and three, to me, the look at the NFC East. It's not very good. I, I think Philly's still going to get to 10 wins, win or lose this game. Uh, but it, it's... It's borderline must win because if you start one three and one, if you're Minnesota and the Bears who have a bye week already start three and one, and the Packers probably win, they would be three one and one. You would be way behind the eight ball and a team that most people, I mean, I didn't know one human that did not have them as a playoff team. Uh, and Minnesota would have a uphill battle to make the playoffs. Arizona at San Francisco. Listen, I live in the Bay Area. Uh, I cover this team, my other podcasts, and on The Athletic. Uh, uh, but this is a tough watch. The only reason – now, I, I have to watch. I watch the Niners no matter what. But if Josh Rosen wasn't in this game, I you, you might be able to find John Middlecoff taking a nap at about 125 on Sunday afternoon. But I, I'm interested to watch Josh Rosen. I thought he played pretty well last week. Uh, I, I talked about it in the, the podcast on, on Tuesday – so that's really the only interesting part of that game. Los Angeles at Seattle. Do you know what's crazy about Seattle? Is that even with crazy dysfunction, Earl Thomas flipping them off, a team that feels like they they were just headed for a top five draft pick, if somehow they could beat the Rams at home, they'd be three and two. And you'd be like, damn, Seattle is not terrible. And to, to me, really, that speaks to Russell Wilson. Like last year, they felt like a four-win team three-win team yet they went nine and seven you know and their defense was a train wreck this year they, they feel god awful yet they're two and two I, I just think when you got Russell Wilson as your starting quarterback I don't care how bad your other players are you're all, always alive now I know last year at the end of the season the Rams went into Seattle and I, I don't know the final score off the top of my head but it was like 70 to nothing I mean I think legitimately it was like 45 to seven it was one of the bigger ass kickings of the year. I, I just think it'll be interesting to see are the tw- the twelves are are they still humming now that again Seattle though is not bad. It's not like they're zero and four. They're two and two. You somehow win this game, shit. They're thinking wild card. So I, I don't think they're going to win. Uh, the Rams are heavy favorite on the road, but I think we look at Seattle a little differently than they actually are. We look at them like them and the CJ Beathard led. 
San Francisco 49ers are the same. They're really not. I mean, Seattle is going to finish second in this division as long as Russell Wilson stays healthy. Not that that's saying much, but then the Cowboys and Texans. You know, I I said it last week, the Cowboys are just, to me, bleh. Now, the ratings disagree with me because they crush the television ratings. But uh, this game, I mean, Deshaun Watson has not played that well. To me, Dak, I I think, is just kind of a guy. Cowboys have no weapons on offense besides Zeke. The Houston Texans, it is fun to watch J.J. Watt play. He's playing well. Clowney's a monster. Will Fuller's actually a pretty fun player. I like picking him on my DraftKings lineups. Uh, Obviously, Hopkins, one of the best receivers in the league. So, I I guess we could have a worse Sunday night game. But, you know, I would probably choose something else. Okay, let's get into the Middlecoff mailbag. Slide up in my DMs on Instagram, at John Middlecoff, and I will answer your questions. John, question for the pod. How do you feel about the trend of organizations going all in on winning and spending big bucks while their quarterbacks are still on rookie deals? I just think it's the most logical business move now. But you have to draft a quarterback and start him. You know, it's not, if you don't draft a quarterback in the first round, you know, it's not necessarily going to play out that way. Some teams, you know, luck, you, not luck, but they, they kind of did it with luck. Well, not really. But the Wentz, Goff, uh, the Cowboys didn't do it with Dak. Seattle did it with Russell for a couple years. There is an element of luck to it. Like sometimes you don't get good until you have to pay your quarterback and then you have to make some tough decisions. So if you take a quarterback in the first round, though, and he becomes your starter, Mariota, Goff, Wentz, uh, all the guys this year, all those teams should throw all their chips in the middle of the table. You have to do it. But if you don't take a first-round quarterback, like what if you're, you know, you have Andrew Luck? You know, what if you have Russell Wilson? What if you have uh, Aaron Rodgers or, hell, even Matt Stafford? You know, it's just just a two- or three-year window at max. You know, it's it's – it's easy to say, and, and everyone talks about it, uh, because three or four teams have gone all in. The Eagles did it. The Rams have done it. Uh, I'm trying to think. The Browns kind of did it this year with Baker. I would imagine they'll be really aggressive this offseason. Like the Niners. Look at the Niners, for example. They were handed Jimmy Garoppolo in a trade. They had all this money. Uh, I think that was their plan, to draft a Sam Darnold, a Josh Rose, and something like that, and do that. But then all of a sudden they get Jimmy Garoppolo, and then he's a free agent. Well, they're either going to franchise him or pay him. They kind of had to pay him. Then they pay him. They still have a lot of other guys they can pay, and they still have a lot of salary cap room, but they never really got to enjoy that process. Uh, Look at the Minnesota Vikings. They had Teddy Bridgewater, but then his leg snapped, and they had to use the money that they probably would have used on other players to sign Kirk Cousins. So there, there is somewhat of an element to luck. It's not like a black and white you just, let's just draft a quarterback in the first round and then build our team paying other guys. Sometimes, you know, that's not the way the cookie crumbles. Is there any chance the Raiders go 8-8 eight and eight this season or will they be lucky to win five? Uh, I, I think they're better than a five-win team. The problem with eight wins, as you saw in the Browns game, and you really saw the last two weeks against Denver and Miami, they're just too inconsistent. They are, I was talking to a buddy, he made a great point. They're probably the hardest team in the league just to pull up their schedule and go win, win, loss, win, loss, loss, win. Because any game on any given game could be a win or a loss. 
Now, you'd be like, oh, of course, Mill Cup's the NFL. But you open up the, the Patriots schedule or just good team schedule, you can kind of do that. And you can do the opposite with bad teams. The Raiders are hard. I mean, they could easily be 3-1 and one right now, or they could easily be 0-4. And, and they're 1-3. and three. <laughs> I, I, and, they could, and they could go into the bye week in two weeks at 500 at 3-3, three and three, or they could be 1-5. and five. I won't be shocked with the, any of the outcomes. They're playing the Chargers this weekend, who play at home, yet it's going to be a road game because it'll be all Raider fans. And then they play Seattle in London. Like I, I mean, if you told me right now the Raiders win the next two games, I could be like, yep, I see it. If you tell me they lose the next two games, they lose in you know San Diego slash L.A., and then go to London and lose, that's not inconceivable. So I'd probably say the more I talk about it, like the teams, when you describe them like that, usually five or six wins more likely than eight. Though I will give him credit, the GM is not good in John Gruden, but the coach is not bad. He is a, he is a good offensive coach. Question for the Middlecoff mailbag. Not that the Bears would, but if the Raiders offered back the Bears the same package that they received in exchange for Khalil Mack, so two first-rounders and a, and a second-rounder? Do you think... I mean, now I'm confused even thinking about it. What? Okay, the, the Bears got Khalil Mack and a second-rounder. The Raiders got two first-rounders and a third-rounder. Do you think the Bears would take their picks back and whatever else they gave up, knowing all the money, knowing what they know now four weeks into it. Zero chance. There is no chance on God's green earth the Bears would redo that trade. Uh, the big reason that the Bears might make the playoffs this year, and just talk, Trubisky's another guy that I forgot to mention about going all in on a rookie quarterback. That's what the Bears did. Because basically, if Trubisky's just solid, Khalil Mack's next couple of years are while he's making, he still makes decent money because he was the number two overall pick, but he's by no means making 20 plus million dollars. Uh, no, I, I, I don't. I, I think Khalil Mack, the next two or three years, I mean, is in the prime. And I repeat, the prime of his Hall of Fame candidacy. So, good question. But I, I think inside the Bears building, knowing people there, uh, they, they think they got an absolute steal, as they should. They're like, well, we had to give up two first-rounders, and we got Khalil Mack and a second-rounder? Like, are you crazy? And here's the other thing. It's a little bit of house money because they didn't have to give up their pick this year. So they got Roquan Smith. So they're looking at it like we got Roquan Smith and Khalil Mack. So we don't have a first rounder the next two years, but we got these two guys. And we have a quarterback on his rookie salary. So, no, I, I, it's a good question. And people have brought it up before, but I, no chance the Bears doing that. Just started listening to the podcast. Uh, enjoy it. Thanks. This is Rolls89. Would Joe Flacco be a good fit for the Cowboys? Also, would they have to give up much to get him in a trade? I I think if the Ravens, who look pretty good this year, their defense is excellent. Flacco's played really well the last couple of years. Let's say go 11-5 and five and win the AFC North. I, I, Flacco's going to be the starting quarterback there next year. You know, because Harbaugh wouldn't get fired. Why would you get rid of Flacco, especially if they were to win a playoff game or two? Uh, I, I just don't think they're going to get rid of him. I, to me, the Cowboys, you're kind of just in bed now with Dak for the next two years. Now, I don't think you necessarily, if you go like five or six wins this year, you don't have to pay him this offseason, and you wouldn't pay him this offseason, but he's your quarterback. Uh, and that's when you went all in for him, when you got rid of Tony Romo slash Tony Romo retired, which was the right move. I, I, I don't argue that they did the, the wrong thing. 
But to me, the wrong thing would be paying Dak after this year. But you don't trade like you're not trading for Joe Flacco mainly because Joe Flacco is not going to be available. Uh, I, I would he be a good fit for the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, he's just a better player than Dak. But it's just, I mean, it's, this isn't fantasy football. It's just that's not going to happen. Uh, hey, John from San Diego. I wanted to ask you a question for the mailbag. Why do you think the Chargers continually underperform, considering the personnel? that they have. Also, if the Bolts don't make the playoffs, would you trade Rivers to a contender and rebuild? I feel bad for Phillips since he's continually played great but always underperformed. I've always said about the Chargers that their biggest problem is Dean Spanos. And he has cheap tendencies. And when you have cheap tendencies in the NFL, that typically means paying a coach not much money. And they, the last two coaches they've had, when they've had all this talent on the roster the last like six, seven years, they hired Mike McCoy and then Anthony Lynn. Both those guys, you know, make two, three, four million dollars. Top coaches in this league, the Harbaugh's, I was going to say Tomlin, he's having a rough year, but obviously the Belichick. I'm not even talking Belichick. You put him in his own little world. Kyle Shanahan makes seven. I bet Kyle Shanahan makes double what Anthony Lynn makes. He's just a better coach. You know, imagine if the Chargers, last year when they hired Anthony Lynn, would have gone after Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay. But they never would because those guys cost some money. And it starts with Spanos that they refuse to ever pay a coach top dollar. You have Phillip Rivers. You have all this talent on defense. You got Keenan Allen. Gordon Solid as a running back. It's it's sad. I I feel for Phillip Rivers too, one of the highest level guys in the NFL, whose career is going to end. And hell, he might never make the playoffs again if they don't trade him. And I don't think they would trade him because they do kind of need him. You know, they're going into this new building. They, they're pretty irrelevant in Los Angeles, but they are pretty solid. You know, I, I think they're in no man's land. Like, imagine if Phillip Rivers was on the New York Giants with Pat Shermer. Now, I'm not sure Pat Shermer's a great coach either, but with all that talent, with Saquon Barkley, with Odo Beckham Jr., with Sterling Shepard, with Ingram the tight end, think how good they would be. And I, Phillip Rivers... I will defend him till the day I die in the sense that, you know, he, he was, he fought an uphill battle in his organization. Uh, just the cheap tendencies, the, the mindset there. I mean, without him, can you imagine how many games they would have won the last six, seven years? if They just would have had like an average quarterback. Imagine if him, Joe Flacco and, and uh, Eli Manning switched spots. Like, think how lucky Roethlisberger is to have played his entire career in Pittsburgh. Imagine if Rivers had played his entire career in Pittsburgh. Now, Roethlisberger is an elite player, too. So, like, he like he would have Roethlisberger's resume, probably. Even the Giants. Like, Eli got to play for a lot of his career for Tom freaking Coughlin. Tom Co- and the New York Giants organization. Like, Flacco got John Harbaugh and Ozzie Newsome. Rivers has got Dean Spanos. <laughs> you know moving an hour up the road in a town that doesn't want him. I feel for him. I, I'm with you. I, I, I don't think they trade him. I think Phillips just kind of stuck. And, you know, hell, maybe he's the next coach of USC. He, I would fire Clay Helton in a heartbeat to make Phillip Rivers my head coach. Now, obviously, he's got a lot of good football left. But uh, Phillip Rivers, if he wants, would make a elite college football coach. I could see him in the South like at Auburn. You know, at one of the SEC schools just crushing it one day. He's going to be so rich, I'm not, and he's got so many kids, I'm not sure if he would. But you, he's already talked about coaching high school. I mean, just a football junkie. 
I hope he one day coaches college because I, I, I do think he would be he'd be really good at it. Okay, NMG1581. Hey, John, do you think the Niners should have sat Jimmy G the last five games of this last season to prevent them from having to pay him the big contract? They wouldn't have known how good he actually was if they had done it, but in return they would have saved a ton of cap space. Uh, I understand where you're coming from, but they had no choice. They were one and ten. What they finish at six and ten? Yeah, so they were one and ten. Uh, the franchise was in shambles, and they just had to throw him in there. I, they didn't know that he was going to win the last five and kind of put him in a tough spot. Uh, I, I think they did the right thing. I, they felt good about paying him. You know, tearing an ACL is kind of a freak deal, even though on that play. I mean, he should have just slid or gone out of bounds, so it was his fault. Uh, but y- you had to pay a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, Belichick gifted him the quarterback. They didn't really have a spot. It's easy to say Monday morning quarterback and in hindsight what they should have done. But at the time, as someone that was watching them, like I, I, I couldn't take any more C.J. Beathard. So they were in a tough spot. They, they, did, they did the right thing by playing them because here's the other thing. And just talking about Dean Spanos, like the Niners don't worry about money. Not saying that they're just going to give it away, but like that doesn't hinder their decisions. You know, they're okay if by doing something is going to ultimately cost them more money if they think they can win. You know, Dean Spanos doesn't think like that. Dean goes, well, who's the most functional coach I can get for the cheapest price? Like Jed, when he blew it up, and he made some mistakes with Trent and Chip and Tom Sula. I mean, (laughs) Tom Sula's a big mistake said, I need to fix this thing. He gave like $65 million combined to Lynch and Shanahan because he just had to get the train back on the tracks. And it's different with the player salary because the player salary is paid for by the media revenue. But ultimately, you had to throw Jimmy in there. And it cost him big money. Uh, but again, they did the right thing also by paying Jimmy. You know, I think Dean Spanos might have franchised him. Some organizations might have franchised Jimmy. The, the Niners paid him. Because it actually becomes cheaper. Like, if you had franchise, let's give a hypothetical. Let's say the Niners played them. Let's say they play them the last five games, but they don't want to pay them. So they franchise them this year. Then Jimmy tears his ACL. Well, what do they do? You know, are you going to franchise them again? Well, you can't let them walk because think of all the teams like the New York Giants would pay them. Like, think of all the teams that would pay a guy coming off an ACL big money. He would get the same contract. Some team would pay Jimmy Garoppolo huge cash coming off an ACL. The Cowboys. I mean, just go around the league. Teams that need quarterbacks would pay for this guy. So I, I, I do think that the Niners now have him under contract. They don't have to franchise him again. They, they did the right thing. Hey, John, big fan of yours. Uh, keep up the good work. And pop. Being a big Alabama fan, I was wondering when you see Alabama's dynasty coming to an end. Because all dynasties do. Well, I, I think uh, I think Levi uh, in Alabama is pretty simple. I mean, just whenever whenever Nick hangs it up, then I don't know if the, the dynasty will come to an end. Depends on who they hire. Uh, to me, there are two clear guys they would go after. Would number one would be Dabo Sweeney. Uh, Clemson clearly has, I wouldn't say Bama's budget, but it feels like pretty damn close. There is no certainty. Ten years ago, it'd be a lock. He'd come to Alabama. And if you told me Dabo Sweeney was the next head coach at Alabama, I'd say, 
yeah, they might not still be Alabama with Nick Saban, but they're going to be in the playoffs every year. They might not win five championships in 10 years or whatever, but they're going to win a couple. But if Dabo said no, I think they would go heavy after Kirby. But Kirby played at Georgia. Georgia is kind of a sleeping giant, and now he has it rolling. I, I don't think he'd leave. So I, I don't really know what they'd do. You know, it's a big problem. Luckily, Nick, like Belichick, football is his life. Uh, he's not a big hobby guy. Uh, so he's not. I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. At least you've got a couple, you know, more games, or I mean, more seasons to enjoy him. Because if you're him, why would you? You're not going to leave two as a sophomore. Well, then next year you got him as a junior. Uh, now, maybe he would leave after his junior year if he rattled off a couple more championships. So Bama just won this, so they would have won three in a row. I mean, if he won three championships in a row, I mean, what else is he doing it for? I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think you're good there for a minute. Hi, John. Even though I can say another Saban question, Saban coach another five years, who are a few coaches that could replace him? Okay, this kind of, I just answered this. I know Dabo is definitely a candidate, but if we can't get him, who would we go with? So let's actually talk that out a little more. Like I said, Kirby, if they wouldn't do it, really, who would Alabama go after? I think they would go after NFL people, uh, but I don't think an NFL head coach would necessarily leave his job like Nick did back in the day to come for Alabama. Then you look around, like they can't hire Jim McElwain now that what happened at Florida. Uh, Would Lane Kiffin, you know, if he were to have a couple big years at FAU, be entertained doubt it but you never know uh you know Lane Kiffin as crazy as it sounds FC got themselves into this position several years ago now granted they got popped you know when Pete left so it was a lot harder for them to get anyone but they got into a desperate situation and they hired Lane like what would happen at Alabama if Saban retired Dabo said no Kirby said no they start looking around like canvassing the the country and you go God, I can't get an NFL coach to come what am I going to do and then you got Lane sitting there that has Alabama ties that won a championship that would bring some juice that would keep your team really relevant that knows how to recruit uh, I, I'm telling you as crazy as that sounds now that I just talked through it I don't know if it's that far-fetched I, 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 I really don't okay last question this has been a good little mailbag quick question for the pod if you could put a draft together of the last three years' drafts of quarterbacks, what would be your order? Uh, well, clearly a couple guys have really shined. I, I do think because this guy's coming off an ACL, we're almost discounting him a little bit. His team's also really injured. Now, if I if Andy reads my head coach, I'm taking Mahomes because the combination. But let's just say I have an average head coach. I would take Carson Wentz. He's just too physically gifted, can do too much. Uh, obviously, Mahomes is too. I would go Wentz, Mahomes. Goff has established himself as as pretty special. You know, I, I like Watson. Never loved him like the hype that really kind of gathered the last couple of years. I like Trubisky coming out. Now, I've been pretty put off withstanding the six-touchdown game uh, last week by what I've seen. But my guy Matt Nagy's coaching him up. If Trubisky can get a turnaround, I'm not giving up on Trubisky by any means. Not the biggest Dak guy. I, I like Mariota as a person. I'm just, I don't know how good he is. We'll, we'll see if he can keep this up. I'm, I'm out on Jameis. 
again. So I think Mahomes and Wentz are just in a category by themselves. I think Goff has established himself as just a damn good player. I think, you know, the jury's out on Deshaun Watson and Trubisky. But, you know, a lot of – and then obviously I, I forgot about the crop of guys this year. I would have Rosen, Darnold, you know, somewhere in there with, with the Deshaun Watson, the Trubisky, same with Baker. Uh, I'd be out on – like Jameis, I'd be out on Josh Allen for different reasons. Obviously, Josh is a good kid. He's just a bad player. Jameis is an okay player. He's just a slap off the field. So, you know, just – it's hard. I mean, there was there was a good crop of quarterbacks this year. Actually, four guys go in the top ten, and Lamar. And I'm not a big Lamar guy, so I I'd go Carson and Mahomes in a category by themselves. Then I'd go Goff. Then I'd go the group of three that I really like this year: Darnold, Rosen, Baker, with you know a Deshaun Watson and Trubisky mixed in there below them. And I'm probably leaving it. Lamar's out, Josh Allen out, Jameis Mariota out. I'd, I'd throw Mariota below the crop of this year's rookies. I'm not giving up on him, but I, I'm not super high on him. Okay, again, slide into my DMs. Slide up in there, and I will answer you guys' questions. Middlecoff Mailbag, do it every week. Thanks for listening. Uh, you guys appreciate you. We're doing two podcasts a week now, Tuesday, Friday. I'll talk to you guys soon three and out subscribe leave a little review section just give me some five stars and i'll holler at you later on the colin coward podcast network Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth now your kitchen's up in smoke and if you don't have the right home insurance coverage the cost to fix this could sideline your savings so switch to Allstate, save money and get protected from mayhem like this not available in every state based on coverage selected subject to terms conditions and availability savings vary infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You know in today's world... It seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.